welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. Today's guest is a writer, gardener, and cook living a magical life in the Pacific Northwest. She has written for magazines and e-zines on the subjects of healthy living, organic gardening, sustainable living, and the magic of tapping creative energy. She is also the author of one of my favorite books on kitchen witchery. Please welcome Laurel Woodward. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. I know that you had some some crazy weather there for a while. Oh, we sure did. We sure did. It's uh, We had that, um, uh, what was it called? Some sort of uh, atmospheric river. And it was just hitting mm. California, but it was also, it, we were getting the edges of it. And we had crazy ice storms and we had a lot of people lost power. We had power. But we did lose our internet for five days, um, which was Ugh. challenging. <laughs> uh, more challenging than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I broke out a bunch of old DVs. We watched movies and played board games. And it, it, it was actually kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah, once you get past the initial shock, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, last uh, last January, we lost power for uh, three days, mm-hmm. and it was also, like, bitter cold, uh, so we spent pretty much three days under the blankets that I tend to hoard, which was, <laughs> I was thankful at that point that I do hoard blankets, <laughs> um, and my kids were like, what do we do? <laughs> right. like, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty happy when the power came back on, and not just because I was cold. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Today we are we are so dependent on uh, these luxuries, um, mm-hmm. and life gets really hard when one thing goes out. Something goes. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I, I hate not having hot water. That's that's one of the luxuries that I really really love. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I am, um, you know, I have an electric stove, so when my I don't have power, I can't cook either. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> or, or I have to go outside and use my grill, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, but I like having it in my kitchen. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, sure. um, et cetera? Um, I'm Laurel Woodward, author of Kitchen Witchery and Backyard Garden Magic. I'm sorry, Backyard Garden Witchery. Um, I, that title changed a couple times and I still haven't got the oh, okay. of it. <laughs> um, I live in the Pacific Northwest. I spent most of my life, though, in the Southwest. So two completely contrasting biomes that, you know, I went from dry, dusty heat to this amazing green, wet, lush, lushness. And uh, I just I just love it. It's, it's gorgeous up here. Where... Where in the Southwest were you? I was in Phoenix. Okay. Okay. I grew up in New Mexico, so. I was born in New Mexico. Oh, yeah? Where? I was born in Albuquerque. I was born just outside of Albuquerque. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I always like to discuss with my my interviewees, my guests, what, what are you drinking today? I'm a tea drinker, um, and since it's since it's uh, past noon, I've switched to herbal tea. Um, I like a nice caffeinated black tea in the morning. Yeah, right now I, I have a it's 
lavender, lemon balm, and um, chamomile. It's a nice soothing. Ooh, that sounds delicious. mixture. It is it's good. It smells great too. Nice, wonderful. Um, are you reading anything interesting right now? Oh, I, I am. I'm reading Julia Helena Hattis's Modern Witches Book of Astrology. I I always have. You know, I'm great with the moon and stuff, but when you throw any other cosmic thing in there, it gets so confusing. And she gives you just some great tools to apply astrology, the powers of, of the of the sky, what's going on that day into your life. Um, I'm also reading Burn a Black Candle. It's by Dee Norman. I try to stay up with all the new authors. Um, and this... It's Italian. It's Italian uh, Strega Magic. Uh, has a lot of stuff about um, keeping good luck and averting the evil eye. Um, it's it's a really, I, I it's a really good book. I've um, found a lot nice. of really interesting things in it. That's great. <laughs> I haven't read either of those, but I will put them on my list. Do you have a favorite? metaphysical or occult book maybe one that was very uh influential in your life oh, yeah yes i do um starhawks starhawks earth path um i reread okay. it and I've, I've read this book so many times and every time i pick it up i find something new in it um it was one of the first books that i read and i'm always returning to it it's i i just love i love her view of things Mm-hmm. she's very influential and uh this uh sharon blackaby an enchanted life also a really nice book nice um uh, one book that really influenced my practice though when i was a younger witch i did everything i did all these i put all my time into planning a big ritual so i you know work up to this huge big work and i read this book by uh deborah black called um the goddess in the details and it's about mm-hmm. using conscious, um, being present in the moment and bringing our magic to every mundane thing that's going on, our, our everyday life. And um, that, that just really, um, that put me on where I am right now and how I practice now. Um, that was a huge influence for me. That's great. I definitely do try uh, to bring magic into the mundane because it just makes life more fun anyway but um it just helps you kind of be present right so i love that and starhawk um spiral dance was one of my one of my first books yeah so she's definitely been influential in my practice as well um i mean that was in the 90s but (laughs) right i I (laughs) that's okay i know i still love her (laughs) it just resonates and uh Mm -hmm. really every time i pick up that book i find something new it uh you know some some new thing that i'm going through i find something to address that that's great Um, that's a that's a sign of a good author (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so if you'd like to discuss you want to tell us a little bit about your personal practice uh well um i'm known for my kitchen witchery but i'm not just a kitchen witch i practice conscious creation in everything I do. 
I'm also an animus, so I believe that, you know, I see the world, I see the, the world as a magical place full of magical sentient beings, all trying to live the best life they can. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when I wake up in the morning, I think about what I have to do and I take a moment and I usually craft some sort of phrase to address that. That's a blessing to, to bless that day and help me stay on uh hang on to a magical frame of mind mm -hmm. um so that i don't get lost in the hustle and bustle that i can remember to plant my feet and draw in my awareness and just be present in the moment and mm -hmm. appreciate the wonder of everything of this magical world sounds a little woo-woo but you know uh yeah. if we if we if we embrace um, being present in the moment, nature is just filled with magic. Yeah, that doesn't sound woo woo at all. It sounds <laughs> exactly correct. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my dog sitting outside the door whining at me, but I'm sorry no. if you can. <laughs> no, I, I have two clicking around. So, um, yeah, I'm. I love dog. I love animals. I have three cats and two dogs. And two sheep and two goats and chickens. And <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> um, I, I love animals. That's great. I love them too. I have two dogs currently. Um, we're getting chickens in the spring. Mm. Um, I've been looking at my little chicken catalog. <laughs> trying to decide <laughs> what chickens I want. <laughs> what kind of chickens do you raise? Well, um, I, I, I just, I don't even know what they are. Um, uh, one is black and white and one is a little brown guy with fluffy things. I adopted both of them from a neighbor. Um, Great. And I, That's awesome. yeah, so I only have two right now, but I'm, I'm going to get more in the spring as well. We were trying to trying things out over winter just to see how, mm -hmm. how things are, you know, uh, she told me what they are and, oh, I, I have the worst memory in the world for names. That's okay. Things. I understand. Um, are you just raising them for, for, are you going to have them just for eggs? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 I can't yeah, bear too, to like... eat anything that I know. I, I yeah. would never steal somebody's body. That would just be, I, I know that's the whole point of, of having them, but no. <laughs> no, I understand. My husband and I had discussed uh, briefly having uh, meat rabbits mm -hmm. and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, we could do that. No, but there's really no way. There's no way. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no. So I'll just go to the store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have sheep and goats too. And they're the breeds I have. My, my sheep are South Downs and they're meat goats. They're meat sheep. And my goats mm -hmm. are, they're fetid boys. Um, and they were born last February, but they're, they, gee, they're probably 85 pounds now. It's incredible how they grow. Cause they're meat wow. goats and you're designed to do that. But yeah, we just uh -huh. got them to help keep the pasture grazed and, you know, have some life in the barn and yeah. um, fun, not, not to eat. <laughs> no, they're my friends. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have goats for milk. Oh, um, you know, I, I've, I've been thinking about that, but it's, it's a lot of work. Um, a lot of work. You know, you have to dedicate twice a day to milking. Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, I thought about that too, because I love to make homemade cheeses and things. And it'd be amazing yeah. to have a, a source of milk. But yeah, you know, you have goats, you have to clip their hoofs every two months. You have to feed them. You have to deworm them every three months. You have to, you know, stay up with their shots and stuff. And it's a lot harder than having a dog. Um, yeah. But they are great companions. Yeah, they're so funny. They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have, I'm going to take us back to books for a second. Mm. Do you have a favorite mundane author? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I have a bunch. But one of my favorites is Holly Black. I absolutely love all the fairy stuff that she wrote. I also have a favorite mystery writer, Ellie Griffin. She writes uh, Ruth um, Galloway series set in Northfolk, England on the salt marshes. She's a, a bone specialist, a forensic anthropologist. Um, really good mysteries. That sounds great. Yeah. I love I a good mystery, especially one set in England. <laughs> <laughs> those are, they're just really good. That's awesome. I love to I'll read. check those out for sure. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Um, and actually that's a lot of, a lot of this podcast is about books because I think all of my listeners really like to read too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so of the books that you have written, uh, which mm -hmm. did you enjoy writing the most? Backyard Garden Witchery. Um, it's, it's each time I write a book, I'm writing where I am in my path at that point. And that was like my mm -hmm. love letter to the earth. When I was writing Kitchen Witchery, I was dealing with uh, having a autoimmune um, problem diagnosed and dealing with the, the uh, triggers that was uh, making it active and so a lot of, of research and, and uh, was, I had to learn the craft. It was, that was very hard. I'm uh, learning the craft of writing. Mm -hmm. So the backyard garden, witchery I think was a labor of love. That's great. That's great. Well, I absolutely dearly love your kitchen witchery book. Oh, well, thank um, you. It is one of my favorite references because, you know, there's a gajillion kitchen witchery books, but yours, I love what you use for correspondences. Like the fact that you go down into the different types of flowers and, you know, yeah. it's just great that there's, there's different stuff in this one than you, you find in the run of the mill kitchen witchery book. <laughs> well, I absolutely love this book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and um, I, I also love your black backyard garden witchery book, <laughs> but the kitchen witchery is definitely my favorite of the two. <laughs> um, I just turned in the third revision of uh, a wellness witchery. It's coming out at the end of this year, mm -hmm. and it's no, I was doing a um, video event with Llewellyn. It was the it was the Yule food event with a bunch of different authors, and um, one of the questions was mm -hmm. that was asked. It was in. 2021, I think one of the questions that was asked was, how has your practice changed over everything that was going on? Because during 2020, we, we moved from Los Angeles to Portland and we, mm -hmm. my husband stopped traveling, we pretty much worked at home. And, uh, you know, with, we had, it was just, we were isolated at home. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had to deal with a lot of, uh, like a sorrow of letting go of all of the things that I miss, like going to the movies with friends and, you know, um, mm -hmm. book club and 
just just all the social things. And I had a, a real uh, change where instead of doing bold, big rituals for happiness and prosperity and such, I was just doing little teeny rituals for comfort and solace and happiness, you know, um, a lot of bath magics and a lot of hot tea formulas. And it came into this wellness witchery book. It just, um, uh, I, I took, uh, I used my gardening and I said, uh, my practice has changed. These are the, the nervines that I've adopted and are using in my practice. This is what, how I use them. This is how you could use them. This is how you grow them. This is how you harvest them and store them. And here are some recipes. And I sent it into Llewellyn and they said, oh, this is great. Sign this contract. And then they said, we'll send it to the vision board. And then they got it, sent it back to me and said, okay, get rid of all this gardening stuff. Chop that all out. Oh. Yeah, take the <laughs> recipes out and um, stick all this plant stuff at the back. And we want you to do a chapter on anxiety. Oh, I had like 10 different chapters to write and fill in on different topics and then put in different formulas for those. So it was mm -hmm. like writing a completely different book. Um, Goodness. And I just finished the second revision on that. And I still don't know what to think about it. Hmm. Because it's certainly, it's not the book that I, that I intended. So I hope it's okay. I hope people like it. I, I, I have two amazing editors and I have loved everything that they have directed me to do so far. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I am not the best writer. I am great at research and in creating content. Mm -hmm. They have taken what I've been able to do and given it structure and shown me how to make it intelligible or interesting, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I hope it comes out okay. <laughs> I hope it's all well, right. I'm excited for it. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. I'm sure it will be great. So if you had to choose three things to keep on your altar, what would they be? I'm like a crow and I go out and I pick up stuff and bring it back and put it on my altar. I have a little, uh, oh, my dragon would probably be one of them. I have a little resin dragon mm -hmm. and I give him stuff. I have a, a primitive glass goddess. She, she would probably be one. And I have a, I have a incense toad that I've had forever. He's my lucky toad. So it would probably be those things, the dragon, the toad, and the goddess. But uh, yeah, my, that's great. You can probably see um, most of the stuff I have up there. Oh, there's my little goddess, the blue glass in the mm -hmm. daisy flower. Um, yeah, very good. I have dead bumblebees and seashells and snail shells and interesting sticks and rocks and <laughs> stuff. Typical witch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could choose three things. I probably could. <laughs> I like, oh, I'm like you. I like all the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing is a horseshoe I just found. Uh, I found this great horseshoe and had to bring it in. So nice. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could meet any witch in the present or in history, who would you want to meet? All right. Well, he's not really a witch, but he's certainly informed a lot of my thinking is Carl Jung. I, I would love to talk to him. I would love to sit down and have dinner with him. Um, 
you know, he came up with the idea of synchronicity and the, the, um, the whole unconscious, uh, what, what is that called? Um, my, my memory is just getting worse and worse. The collective unconscious. He came yes. up with, with that. Um, I would pick him, but uh, a Starhawk would be great. Or, um, you know, there's two yeah. witches that I think, I feel like I know. I feel like they're friends of mine because I read all their stuff. Emily Carding and Deborah Blake. They, I've, I've never met them. I would love to, to meet them and have dinner with them and just talk. Who, who would you pick? Oh, well, definitely Stevie Nicks. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, she would be fascinating. <laughs> you know, she's from Phoenix. She's from Phoenix. Um, I actually, uh, she, her, her father owned Legend City, which was a uh, big amusement park that I used to go to a lot as a kid. I never actually met her, but she was always there in the background of everything, you know, with the music and just. I just think she's fascinating. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then also DJ Conway. I think I would really like to meet um, DJ Conway. Yeah. She's a yeah, but, but yeah, that would, yeah. My first book that I ever read uh, was a DJ Conway book. Oh, which one was it? Uh, Dancing with Dragons. Oh, I haven't even it's read that. Certainly one. not. It's not a beginner book <laughs> by any means, but it was my first book, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. I just saw it one day when I was in Phoenix. Actually, it was Christmas, and my my family. My mom had given me a hundred dollars to spend. We flew to Phoenix for the day, and I went into this little metaphysical shop, and I saw the book, and it had all these beautiful dragons mm-hmm. on the cover and it just spoke to me. Yeah. I, I've, and I've it, had that yeah. with many books. I'm going to have to look that one up now. I think the first one I read of hers was her Celtic one. Celtic. Uh... I think I have it somewhere. I have so many books. I can't, I can't. <laughs> My husband is just like, why do you have so many? And then I get more all the time because I review them <laughs> <laughs> he's like why why are there more books but I can't stop yeah I can't either I, can't. I used to manage a <laughs> um I was the event manager for a bookstore and um I've always had the book bug but once you get it I don't, I don't think you can not have it <laughs> yeah yeah I've always had it too I used to ride my bike across Santa Fe to go to the the library in the summertime mm-hmm. And just hang out there because I was yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I had so many friends. <laughs> At school, geez, in elementary school even, I would spend my lunch in the library. Um, but I just mm-hmm. discovered Laura Ingalls Wilder and Encyclopedia Brown. And I just ate those up. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Glad to know that you were as popular as me. <laughs> Um, so we talked a little bit about pets, but if you had to choose, would you choose dog or cats? Oh, that's hard. Probably dogs. I probably choose a dog, but I love cats. They're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard one. What, what would you choose? It is a hard one. Definitely dogs. Uh, but only because, uh, well, for lots of reasons, my dad is allergic to cats, so I can't have cats, mm-hmm. but, um, Dogs just, you know, when you come home, it doesn't matter if you've been gone five minutes or five days. They're, like, so excited to see you. Yeah. 
and yeah, just <laughs> so pleased that you're in their life, you know, you can yeah. have the worst day and come home and they're like, Hey friend. <laughs> um, yeah. And it could go either way with cats. You know, you could come home and they could be excited to see you or they could have peed on your bed. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> I, I have three cats and I have one that just keeps bringing mice in and just, she's, mm. she's a huntress, but she keeps giving me presents and did nice and been oh, laying nice my, her. and I wake up and she's laying on my chest. <laughs> that's funny that's funny I did used to have a cat that I absolutely loved her name was Shotzi and I found her one day I went to the the corner store for milk for my son and this little kitten ran in the in the gas station and I saw these people come in looking for it and she had run right behind the um the alcohol you know oh yeah shelf thing like well, I grabbed her and I said oh here's your cat and they were like well that's not our cat but I was like well I touched it I guess it's fine now <laughs> so, so I took her home and and she had so many ticks in her little ears oh. I think we pulled out like 70 wow wow and then I know and she was just tiny and then I took her to the vet and he pulled out more that were too yeah. far in her ear canal for me to find. Ugh. Um, but she was just so thankful laying there as I took out all of those disgusting ticks uh, that she was, I mean, she was just such a great, affectionate, loving, beautiful cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I miss her. When we moved in here, it, this place came with a barn cat and uh, our neighbors told us that mm-hmm. he just, he, this place was vacant for a long time. And so for six years, he just lived in the barn by himself. And um, at first, we didn't even know what he was. I First time I went in the barn, I heard this ruckus and I ran out because I thought a homeless person was in there. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> the next time I went in, I saw this streak of red and I thought it might have, be a fox or something. And then one day I was talking to my phone and he just walked up to me and decided I was okay. And now he's moved in and I think he's asleep in the bed in there. <laughs> Um, that's now so he, funny. Now he's just as tame as any of the rest of them. We named him Max because I don't know. I don't know if he's Maxine or Maxwell, but but he's a big orange guy. That's awesome. I think yeah. orange cats are just so sweet. Mm. I, I have a Russian blue too. She's my little panther. Um, and then yeah. I have this funny uh, uh, calico girl who's like a patched together owl creature she's she's really strange and <laughs> she's she's part munchkin so her legs are real short and she has a really long neck and she has little uh-huh. scottish old ears oh my she's gosh how funny oddball she's a total oddball that's awesome i i would love to see a picture of her <laughs> so do you have if you would like to discuss i know this one's kind of a, a personal one for some some people if you would like to discuss do you have or have you had a familiar I have I have not had a personal familiar, but I've had a uh, when I was in Arizona, owls were my thing. So just as the whole the the spirit of the owl was, and when I moved to the Pacific Northwest, it became the crow. It just changed, and so I, I feel a special connection to crows. When they fly overhead, I usually call to them and you know, commun- try to communicate. But um, 
I, but not not just a single animal as a familiar. I love crows. Um, did you know that they have a generational memory? Yes. Yeah. They can re- they can recognize faces. If, if you're mean to uh-huh. them, they can go tell everyone that you're mean or that you're nice. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. They're so yeah. they've used tools. They're uh, mm-hmm. yeah. They they have. Uh, I don't even. I don't remember how many words, but I read this one study that was saying that maybe like a hundred or so words that they communicate with. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're fascinating. Very intelligent. Yeah, they're great. Uh, my husband. Yeah, my husband tries to get them to come in and visit us and he puts out food all the time and has a special feeder just for them that they never go to. <laughs> they, they might <laughs> but he tries. Going, they might start going to it. And I've heard that yeah, once they, yeah. they do adopt you, they start leaving you things, little gifts. Yeah. 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 He says that's, I think that's his goal. He wants little trinkets from the crows. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite tarot or oracle deck? I do. I collect tarot cards, but I can't read a lot of them. Even I, I was a professional reader for quite a while, but I read by the image on the card. And if the images are too different, I mm-hmm. can't connect with it. But this is my favorite deck, um, the Rider White Radiant. Um, it's a poor deck I've had for, I don't know, maybe 15 years. Just that one. And I read intuitively by, by whatever. I just look at the picture and of the card that's coming up. And of course I know what it references, but I mean, it could go so many different ways. And usually mm-hmm. a message comes of what's supposed to present for them. Nice. nice. Do, you have, do you have a favorite personal deck? Um, I do. And it's actually an Oracle deck. It's, I've talked about it. My listeners are probably like, don't say it again. Um, <laughs> it's called the roar, <laughs> the roar Oracle by, uh, MJ Kulinane. And it's, it's all, uh, historical women, uh, who have just made history like, uh, hmm. Anne Frank and, uh, Georgia O'Keefe, uh, but just, you know, a bunch of them throughout history, uh, Boudica. Do they, do they give you inspiration or? Sometimes inspiration, sometimes I'll, you know, ask a question, but usually uh, they're like a kick you in the teeth kind of deck, you know, there's, there's no, they don't beat around the bush. They'll tell you like it is, and and they don't care if it's going to hurt your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) So I call it my mean girls deck because they're, sometimes they're kind of mean. (laughs) I I have a mean, I, a friend of mine gave me uh, the supernatural deck. And it's just like that too. It's, it's pretty mean. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, dark, it's, it's all of its uh, messages are, are not nice. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, yeah. Anyway. Isn't it funny how they kind of have a personality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That same friend often asked me to read out of that deck and I'll go, okay, here's your reading. Then I'll say, and now let's do a couple of these just to, <laughs> just, just to, <laughs> nicer softer. just to make you feel a little better yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you know what since you love crows uh the same author of or the creator of that roar oracle has a crow oracle and a crow tarot really um i'll have to look at them yeah I'll, 
I'll send you the link in, Thank in you. Uh, an email, but yeah, they're, Thank you. I, I have both of them. They're great. Mm. Yeah. I think you'll like them. They're really, yeah. they're really fun little, little <laughs> ducks. Uh, so do you follow a certain pantheon or are you kind of a, an open? Which? I'm very open. I'm a, I have an eclectic practice and I'm very open. Um, when I first started, I was more, I leaned into more of the Greek Roman pantheon, but mm-hmm. uh, now um, I, I spend up my time with, a, I have a house hobbit who isn't very friendly sometimes it's, and hides a lot of my things when I'm looking for them. Uh-huh. And I, I uh, leave offerings for the spirit of my field. I do a lot of work with wild energies. That's great. So you probably don't have a patron deity that you work with, do you? No. And that's fair. I think I, I know a lot, a lot of witches don't. Um, and I think working with your local spirits is definitely something worth doing no matter what. Mm. So let's switch over to gardening. Okay. Um, so this is, this is going to publish in February, uh, this episode. So in oh. February, what do you do for your garden? Uh, well, it's, it's in February, everything's mud up here still. I, I have grow lights and warm pads, but I don't start my seedlings until March because they get too big okay. before I can plant them out. Um, mm-hmm. Cleanup. I, right now, I'm doing a lot of cleanup. Um, we have had a lot of ice storms and a lot of trees coming down and big branches coming down. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I'm constantly having to walk the fence line and making sure that they're, they didn't get destroyed. I've had to patch up three different places since, uh, oh gosh, since December. But as far as going out to like my vegetable garden, um, nothing right now. It's just too muddy. When I was in Arizona, you could grow right now. Um, you know, right. uh, it, they pretty much had a 24. Well, not, no, they didn't because you can't, everything's, everything's giving up the ghost in like September. Um, they just mm-hmm. can't, just can't deal with the heat anymore and it just gives up but yeah from now until september probably you could grow all of your vegetables and things as long as it was warm enough to germinate them that's crazy yeah yeah um what what are you doing do you you garden i do garden and right now i am actually moving my garden uh, to mm. a new plot. So uh, we've just laid down um, some tarps to kill off the ivy, mm-hmm. the invasive, horrible ivy that lives in the, in the spot where we want to have our garden. Um, and I'm getting ready to start artichokes because they have to be started mm. in January mm. or February. And I won't have, I guess I won't have artichokes from them until next year. But uh, I, I have artichokes that are two years old now, and they still haven't flowered. Not not a single flower, but big well, beautiful flower, big beautiful foliage. I, I don't know if artichokes do that great here, but yeah, I don't know how they do here either. I love growing things that are almost evasive, you know, like squash, you know, you, or pumpkins. Uh-huh. Pumpkin vine is so generous, you know. You plant it, and it just grows and grows and grows, and it will just keep having pumpkins until uh-huh. it freezes. I will try to experiment with some things, but I don't like to take on something that's very difficult to grow. Um, it's just too, mm-hmm. 
needy of a, of a thing and why? I mean, you have success if you plant things that thrive in your, in your zone. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I try to do. So do you, sor- where do you source your seeds or your, seedling- your seedlings from? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I do. I do have a favorite. Um, Territorial Seed Company. I have their brand new catalog. They're out of Cottage Grove, Oregon, and they have things that just do really well here. In fact, I already have my first batch of seeds that I got from them. And uh, I'm th- right now, okay, I left out the most important part. You said, what do we do in our okay. gardens this time of year? Plan and uh-huh. dream. <laughs> Order your seeds. Yeah. Figure out, you know, <laughs> set a garden plan. Figure out what you're going to do. Do all the mental work, you know. Um, that's what I've been working yeah. on. And... Uh, of course, collecting seeds. I, I have a, I have a gazillion just right here um, that I've just been looking at and flowers too, some pretty flowers that I've uh, picked up. Yeah, garden planning is is maybe the best part of gardening besides mm-hmm. the actual harvesting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, I'll I'll map it out of what I want to go where, and then I'll change it up. And then I'll change it up again mm-hmm. and, you know, until I, I really feel happy with, with how it looks, you know, on paper. And Yeah. Yeah. What, so are there any plants that you have to have that you must plant in your garden every year? Oh uh, yeah. Tomatoes and zucchini every year, pumpkins every year. Uh, I always do. I have Swiss chard that that's year round, you know, it keeps going. I have a big herb garden, uh, lemon balm. I use a lot of lemon balm and lavender, um, California poppy. Oh, I love those. Well, you know what? They're great in tea. California poppy is actually a nervine that works to soothe your nervous system and calm anxiety. And it's really complimentary Mm. with uh, lavender and passion flower and um, hawthorn, hawthorn leaves. Interesting. I did not know that. Plus they look great. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. I love poppies. All all the poppies I love. I, I do too. Just Me too. Stunning. And I kind of, what I really like about them is they're so fleeting, you know, mm-hmm. you get like, well, especially like the, the Asian varieties, you get like a day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the bloom is gone and, and then you have these funny little seed heads, globe things, you know, yeah, yeah seed heads that just look weird. <laughs> I think they're so fun. All right. So in your kitchen, Mm -hmm. what is one ingredient that you must always have in your kitchen, no matter what? Oh, well, I I, I first thought I'd say tea or chocolate, but I guess olive oil. I am dependent on olive Mm -hmm. oil. It's something I can't grow. I, I don't think I could grow. I'm pretty sure I can't grow olives here. I don't know, though, for a fact. That's true. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to even try to produce olive oil. But um, yes, I'm dependent on it because I use it in everything. I use it in my cooking. I use uh, olive oil to make cakes and pancakes and on my salads and sauces. And this morning I was, I just, uh, I got a loaf of, um, I can't, I'm gluten free. So I got a loaf of this bee-free bread that I really, really like, and I didn't want butter or anything. I just got a bowl of olive oil and some nice vinegar and salt and pepper and just smushed all in there, and mm. it was delicious. It was delicious and so simple. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oof. 
You know, I'd never even thought about it, olive oil. That is a really good answer. I always say rosemary because I love rosemary. Uh, I love rosemary too. But that being said, I don't, I don't use it as often as I, as I do olive oil. I'm like mm-hmm. you. I use olive oil for everything. Yeah. Um, It'd be really hard to have it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. Never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am very dependent on it. <laughs> um, how about uh, utensils or appliances? Do you have any favorites that you, you have to have? Hmm. Ah, I, I am so lucky that I have so many wonderful, fantastic little gadgets. Um, my mom gave me a kitchen and mixer 20 years ago and it's still going strong. I, I think though my, my late brother gave me a amazing marble rolling pin and it's perfectly weighted. It, it cleans so easy and it's, it's just really, really nice for pie crusts and cookies and anything. So I, that might be my favorite. That makes sense. A good rolling pin is important. <laughs> I think my favorite is, is probably my KitchenAid. Hmm. You I know, I have my, I use I have all my, the time. I, I do too. I use mine also. I have my grandma's cast iron skillet though. And that is a favorite. Ooh. Um, yes. And I have a really nice really? Dutch oven that's cast iron coated in porcelain. It's great for so many things. Mm-hmm. How do you choose? I mean, how do you choose? Yeah, that's true. You know, and I, I recently got a, a crock pot, an instant pot thing. Mm-hmm. And I, that's probably my most used appliance. Mm. I definitely use it at least twice a week uh, to make rice. And then if I forget to take out meat, you know, mm. I can go from frozen chicken to shredded chicken in an hour. That's amazing. I don't have an instant pot. I've never used one. Oh, I have an old fashioned so pot. And I, I still yeah. use it. You know, it's throw mm. something in, let it cook eight hours. It's, it's nice. But yeah, I've, I've been looking at those instruments. I, I highly recommend them. Mm. Um, they really are amazing. I mean, I have my old fashioned crock pot that I use a lot too, but that instant pot sure makes life easy mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you forget to do stuff or, you know, when you're just not mm. feeling like, um, you know, you can get a nice fall off the bone rack of ribs in an hour. Wow. Wow. It's, they're insane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the new, the new things, I definitely would go for my instant pot, but like my classic stuff, uh, my kitchen egg for sure. Mm. And, and I'm with you on the cast iron and you really just can't go wrong with, with cast iron. So, um, we're at the point where, um, I'd like to ask if you want to share your spell ritual or recipe with us. Oh, I did come up with a bath spell. It's a chamomile bath spell, um, just to clear away the gunk of the world. Um, it just for, to renew and revitalize. And uh, you'd need a couple of candles and some matches, a small dish of salt. Um, Epsom salt's nice because it gives you magnesium too to help your achy muscles. Um, but any kind of salt's fine. Um, if you put three drops of lavender essential oil and three drops of frankincense, 
and then set that aside in your dish of salt. Frankincense and lavender both have anti-anxiety properties that we um, respond to when we, when we smell their scents. You need two chamomile tea bags, um, two cups of water, and uh, brew your tea and take half of it and put it in a mug to sip and put the other half in your bath water with the salt and the uh, essential oils. Light your candles, get in and relax and keep your tea bags because you're gonna put those on your eyes. If you brew nice. loose tea, then, then you don't get that. But if you use tea bags, just put them on your eyes and relax and just breathe out all the anxiety and breathe in relaxation and peace. And just let yourself enjoy that as much as you can. And then drink your drink your your tea and um, turn your thoughts to something pleasant that happened. And be sure to smile because your body responds with happiness when you smile. Um, I like to incorporate a lot of psychological triggers into things. Get like before I meditate to get ready to meditate or um, mm -hmm. just to help my body know what I'm going to do and my mind know what I'm going to do. So smiling is a psychological trigger to let go of what's bothering you and to let your heart open to be happy. But I, I've been using a lot of bath magic lately just for comforting and soothing and trying to make sense of this chaos that's our world right now. I don't have a bathtub that I, I can use, but that sounds really wonderful. I've been thinking about um, putting one, like I'm going to build a, a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And I was, I've been thinking about put it, putting a bathtub in my greenhouse. That would be lovely. I know. I think so too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I could go out and, you know, lock my greenhouse door and my kids will leave me alone and I can just have my little, my bath with all my plants. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> that great. That sounds great. It does. <laughs> yeah. I do have a bathtub in my house, but it's uh, in my kid's bathroom and I just don't like to use it. So, mm. <laughs> and it's not, it's like an, it's a really old one. So it's very boxy and kind of small and not real comfortable. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So Yeah. It's not a great bath, unfortunately. Mm. All right. So um, do you want to pull a card for us? Okay, sure. Sure. Ten of Pentacles. Nice. Happy family card. Happiness card. Success. Enjoy what you have in the moment card. Be sure to look around and appreciate all the blessings that you have. And let your heart fill with gratitude. Um, how, how would you interpret that one? Actually, just like that. I've, I think Ten of Pentacles is, is where you just appreciate what you've accomplished and what you have. And don't worry about the future necessarily. But yeah, just mm -hmm. live in the moment. Which I think yeah. is actually a great card pull for this whole conversation. <laughs> um, kind of what we've been talking about yeah. uh, so that's great I yeah, love it, that is. Card. it is yeah, yeah it's a nice happy card it is a great card so um do you want to share uh, maybe your social media and your website uh, where we can find you I keep a blog at liminallandscapes.com I um I have a special connection to the liminal times 
I just think there's a uh, magic is just really strong at sunrise and sunset and even even the noon hour. I I uh, anyway, it's called liminal landscapes and it's mostly about recipes and food and mm-hmm. what I'm eating. <laughs> but I I have an Instagram. What about handle. your Instagram handle? Um, Laurel Woodward forty four. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Or is it? it is. is it? Okay. Uh, it might be Laurel Underwood or underscore. Hang on. I can tell you, Laurel underscore Woodward underscore Woodward. Okay. Four. Forty four. Okay. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Sometimes they're um, harder than. Yeah. So you have uh, your upcoming book, which is mm-hmm. Wellness Witchery. Uh, oh. Do you have any events that you're going to be? Um, not not right now, but I forgot to say that I did all the recipes for the Llewellyn uh, Witches Date Book um, 2024, and it's coming out in July. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was, that was really fun. Okay, well, I was well, so honored that they... I was so honored that they asked me to do it. And it was really, really fun to do. Um, I was working with Lauren and uh, I sent her a whole, I tried to do it all seasonal, you know, what's blooming when, what what can Mm -hmm. you get when? And um, I sent her a whole list and then I let her pick the ones that she wanted me to do. And um, then I got these, made these great recipes for them and cooked them and cooked them and cooked them until I was happy with them and sent them to her. And she said, these are great, but now you have to make them fit into this little teeny quarter. So I had to chop them all apart and make them real simple. But but that was a lot Great. of fun. I really, really enjoyed that. That's exciting. I love yeah. that book. I get it every year. So Yeah, I do too. Definitely. Do. Yeah, it's a great one. And I, I just got, uh, for the first time this year, the Witch's Spell a Day Almanac, which I've been mm-hmm. enjoying too. That's a good they, have some, they have some great almanacs. Uh, yeah, and I like their witch's calendar. And, you know, I was late this year ordering mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, my contact at, at Llewellyn took pity on me because they were sold out everywhere. And he sent me one. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I know. I was like, oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so. So thanks, Llewellyn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess that's, that's it. Thank you so much for meeting me today. Well, that was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me. It was wonderful talking with you. Yeah, it was for sure. And I would love to have you back on when your new book comes out. I'd love to. That'd be great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.